I'm Lisa Collins, and welcome to today's teaching of Real Christianity with your teacher, Mosley Collins. Each week, we try to bring you a study of God's Word that will encourage and equip you to live a life that God can bless, to live a life of real Christianity. And now, I am proud to present your brother in Christ and my husband, Mosley Collins. Thank you, darling. Uh, today, we are I'm so excited. We're going to take a look at John chapter 1 and verse 1 and how many verses we get to, I don't know. But it's just so wonderful, so powerful. John, Gospel of John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, is like the sunrise of the Christian faith. And um, I'm here today with my lovely daughter, Casey. Can you say hello, Casey? Hi, everybody. Casey's joining me to help out. And um, before we begin, I just want to tell you what a privilege it is and honor to be able to come into your home or into your car and talk to you about the priceless Word of God. All right, so let's take a look at what we have here today in John chapter 1, verse 1. Casey, could you read the first five chapters, uh, verses for us? Sure. Let me just open my Bible to that part. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Thank you. So here is the great, great declaration of faith. The great declaration that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, I had always thought, reading my Bible, that Genesis 1, verse 1, was chronologically talked about the oldest thing in the Bible. So I'm going to comp- like you to look at this with me. Let's compare John 1 with Genesis 1. So, Casey... Uh, Let me ask you to turn your Bible to Genesis 1 and read that for us. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Thank you. So here we have in John uh, chapter 1, verse 1, and in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, both say in the beginning. Genesis says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And John says in the beginning was the Word. So when I looked at this and I thought about this, I can now see that actually chronologically the first verse in the Bible is actually not Genesis 1, but it's actually John chapter 1, verse 1, because um, in the beginning was the Word. So before we read uh, the truth of Genesis 1, which in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, the Word already existed. Because John uh, 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word. So here we see that in the beginning the Word was already existing before anything was created. As Go back as far as you want. You want to go back a million years? The Word was already there. You want to go back a billion years? The Word 
was already there. Go back as far as you can conceive. Go back as far as anyone can conceive. And the Word was already there. Now, what this is telling us is that Jesus was not a part of what God created. He was already existing with God in the form of the Word before God created anything. Now, it is difficult to understand the creation. In fact, I will tell you that it's only by faith that we can understand where our universe, where our creation came from. In Hebrews 11.3 we read, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made by the things which do appear. Now, the way the Bible explains this is simply to say, in the beginning. You know, I have to laugh when people try to explain creation apart from God. Sometimes they have a Big Bang Theory. Well, you've probably heard of that. Oh, yeah, the Big Bang Theory. Uh, The Big Bang Theory is such a joke because that assumes that if you had an explosion in a factory filled with electronics, that out would come a television. That's the, that's the similar uh, kind of expression. You know, when you look out and you see the moon and the earth and, and the sun, the moon perfectly orbiting the earth, the earth perfectly orbiting the sun, you realize that sunrise this morning was exactly when we predicted it would be. It's all because of God created it that way. The air, the water, the miracle of life, in fact, I'm sitting here with Casey. Casey, how many months pregnant are you? Six months. It's the miracle of life. No one can explain how this happens. Well, let's see. Someone will try. Well, it's an egg and a sperm. And yet, it's undoubtedly the miracle of life. You know, the, the creation of the universe can only be understood through faith. And let me give you an example. You know, this smallest, one of the smallest things that... Uh, exists. In fact, it's so small you can't see it, is the atom. And one of the biggest things that exists, in fact, it's so big you can't see it, is the universe with the sun in the center. Um, Now, if you look at the atom, the atom is a nucleus around which smaller particles orbit. The universe is a nucleus, in our case the sun, around which smaller particles, planets, orbit. You see that the very smallest thing has the same design as the very largest thing. The thing that's so small you can't see it and the thing so big you can't see it has exactly the same intelligent design. How can anyone look at that and think that anything other than God created the heavens and the earth? You know, The human mind, without faith, can't know God. The human mind, without faith, can't know how the world was created. And the Bible says in Hebrews 11, 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. In other words, God is encouraging in us a faith-based explanation of things, including the creation. For example, let let me give you an idea of what I'm talking about. How the human mind really can't understand this, and that's why the Bible says in John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word. Now, was there a beginning to the universe? 
when it came into existence? That's my question for you. Was there a beginning to the universe when it came into existence? Well, you'd have to say yes. You couldn't say no. There was a beginning, but the question would be, well, where did the stuff come from that created the universe then? In other words, if you believe in the big, if a person believed in the Big Bang Theory, where did the stuff come from that went bang? Let me give you another example. Is there an end to the universe? Well, if someone says, no, there's no end to it, how could that be? How could there be something with no end? And if you say, yes, there is an end, if you went out far enough, you'd come to the end of the universe, well, then the question would be, well, what's on the other side? of that boundary. You see, God has not given us a mind capable of understanding all these things. His creation is not knowable by us. Holding this in our mind is not possible. So he asks us to accept by faith the truth he declares in his word, the truth he declares in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. He asks us to accept by faith what he declares in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, you know, I sometimes think about it like this. I've seen ants in a line going across my kitchen floor. And those ants don't know who I am. They don't understand my world. I can step over them or I can step on them. And they still won't know what happened to them. We're, we're like those ants and, you know, we can't understand the mind of God. Not now. Someday we will. But now we're just given uh, by God the charge to accept by faith his explanation that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. You know, trying to understand the world apart from God is, in God's mind, foolish. Now, some people think the faith explanation of the Bible is foolish, but God calls what they think foolish. In fact, let's read First uh, Corinthians chapter one. I'm going to ask Casey to read for us again. First Corinthians chapter one, <laughs> beginning at verse 18 through 20. And before she reads, let me just ask you: I'm I, what I'm doing here is calling you to accept by faith what God said in His Word from Genesis to Revelation, including how the worlds came into creation. I'm asking you to accept all those things. In fact, the Bible asks us to accept all those things, creation, salvation, what Christ did on the cross for us, all by faith. Does that sound foolish? Now let's read, if it does, let's read 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 20. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Thank you, Casey. Let me go on. I'm going to read you um, beginning of verse 20. The Bible says, Where does that leave the philosophers, the scholars, the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. 
It is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven, and it is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended and the Gentiles say, it's all nonsense. But, though, but to us who are called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest human plans, and God's weakness is stronger than the greatest human strength. So my point here is that the Bible explains the creation by simply saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word, word was with God, and the Word was God. And in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That is the wisdom of God, because God is calling us to be people of faith and to accept that. I'm not worried about evolution. You know why? Because I know by faith that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, just as it says in John chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 1. I'm not worried about those things, because I know in whom I have believed. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'm going to share with you why they called this being who came and became to, came to earth, became Jesus, why they used the, the phrase, the Word, and how perfect that is in the plan of God and for our salvation. So we'll be right back after this break. I hope you are enjoying our teaching on real Christianity. If you have questions concerning today's topic, or you would like to receive a free copy of today's message on CD, just call us at 916-444-4444. That's 916-ALL-FOURS. Or you can visit our website at www.myrealchristianity.com. That's MyRealChristianity.com. On the website, you will find a list of all our past programs. You can choose whatever is helpful to you. Programs like How to Lead Someone to Christ, How to Start Your Day with God, The Lord's Prayer, Faith, and Seven Things God Loves to Hear You Say. Now, let's get back to today's teaching. Thank you, darling. We're talking about how the Bible says that in the beginning was the Word. And what I want to do is tell you how great a choice that is. It's a perfect choice to describe this part of God. It's all, you know, it's also difficult for human beings to understand the Trinity, how God could be one and still three, how he could be one and still the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But they chose the Bible chooses the word, word, to describe who this entity is who's going to become flesh. And it's such a perfect choice because word is, a word is a communication. And Jesus is how the Father chose to communicate with man. Beginning his, with his birth in, the, in the, a manger, he was chosen to communicate with us God's heart. He was God's highest communication. 
He was God's pure communication, and he was himself God. Now let me read to you something that explains this, I think. It's called the parable of the evil farmers, and it's found in Matthew 21, verses 33 through 44. And this is a parable Jesus taught, and here's what he said. Now listen to another story. A certain landowner planted a vineyard, built a wall around it, dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice, and built a lookout tower. Then he leased the vineyard to tenant farmers and moved to another country. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent his servants to collect his share of the crops. But the farmers grabbed his servants and beat one, killed one, and stoned another. So the landowner sent a larger group of his servants to collect for him, but the results were the, sh- were the same. Finally, the owner sent his son, thinking, Surely they will respect my son. But when the tenant farmers saw his son coming, they said to one another, Here comes the heir to this estate. Come on, let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they grabbed him and dragged him out of the vineyard and murdered him. When the owner of the vineyard returns, Jesus asked, What do you think he will do to those farmers? The religious leaders replied, He will put those wicked men to death and lease out the vineyard to others who will give him his share of the crop after each harvest. Then Jesus asked them, Did you ever read in this, this in the scriptures? The stone that the builder rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation that will produce the proper fruits. And anyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken in pieces, and it will crush anyone it falls on. So here... What I think is so uh, important to see in this parable is there was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He built a wall around it. He dug a pit for pressing grapes and he built a lookout tower. Then he leased it out to others. In other words, God created the world and he's put the world in our hands. And all he asks from us is to give uh, in this life is to give him the fruits of the vineyard. And he sent messengers to us. He sent John the Baptist. He sent Elijah. He sent Ezekiel. He sent many people in the Old Testament, but no one paid attention. And then finally he said, I will send them my son. And he sent Jesus. So that's why I say, I will send them my son. This is what the Father decided to do. That's why this entity, which becomes Jesus, This spiritual being which becomes Jesus is called the Word because God said, I will send them my Son. And that's that's who he chose to send. And that's why he's called the Word of God. Now, as we we mentioned, the full extent of this concept of the Word and even the Trinity and the full personality of God being the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is really not fully knowable by us. Now, we know from the Bible the scriptures that Casey read for, for us in John 1, that the Word was uh, with God. That's what the Bible says. The Word was with God. So what, the, what does that mean? It means it, that the Word was separate from God. There are two distinct personalities. And from that we develop our understanding that there is the Father and a Son and a Holy Ghost because the Word was with God. But not only was the Word with God, but the Word was God himself. Now, again, 
hard for the human mind to understand how the Word could be with God and also be God. And yet, that's the truth that the Bible presents. And that is the truth we embrace by faith. We're not doubting it. We're not worried about it because the Bible says it's so. And so for that is all we need. All I need is for the Bible to say it's so, and then I embrace it in faith. So I know that the Word was both with God and the Word, word was God. Now Jesus talked about being God in the New Testament. And I'm going to show you where that is. And we're going to have Casey read for, in a moment from John chapter 8 in the New Testament. But first I want to tell you something out of the Old Testament. I'm sure everyone can remember the burning bush. You've probably, there's probably 98% of the people of the American world has seen the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston in it. And how he was going by the bush and he saw the bush was on fire and it, but it, yet it wasn't consumed by the fire. And so Moses, played by Charlton Heston in that movie, walked up to the bush. And in uh, this, this is all recorded in the third chapter of Exodus. And so Moses walks up and God says, take off the shoes on your feet because this is holy ground. And God began to speak with Moses. And he told him to go see the people to go lead the people out of Egypt. And, and Moses said, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them God, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And God replied, I am who I am. I tell them I am sent me to you. Now Casey, would you read from that uh, John chapter eight for us? Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Isn't that fabulous? So here Jesus, thousands of years later, is using the same terminology that God used. He said, I am. In other words, making himself equal with the God of the Old Testament. I love you, and we'll see you here again next week. We here at Real Christianity hope that today's message was a blessing to you. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at 916-444-4444. That's 916-ALL-FOURS. Or you can visit our website at www.myrealchristianity.com. That's myrealchristianity.com. Here is a final thought from Mosley. You know, I don't want to end this broadcast without inviting you, my dear listener, to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that when Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth, his own received him not, but as many as did receive him, to all who believed in him, to them, He gave the power and the right to become the children of God. They were born again and received the wonderful gift of eternal life. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, but you would receive him now into your heart and life, pray with me. Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. Amen. 
If you sincerely prayed that prayer, the Bible teaches you are born again. You have Christ as your Savior, and you have eternal life as you follow Him. If you want more help, please visit our website at myrealchristianity.com or call me at 916-ALL-FOURS. May God richly bless you, and I'll be here with you again next week. Thank you for listening, and until next week, may God bless you always.